everyone, welcome back to Aleph of the Soul. We hope you've had a wonderful, blessed week. We are excited tonight. We're going to be talking about baptism part two. Yes, it is going to be a fun, fun podcast, and we're glad that you guys are along for the ride. All right, Brian, tell us a little bit about baptism. So baptism, as we explained last episode of baptisms, Mm -hmm. was the outward expression of what happens on the inside. And so basically... Baptism is kind of like it's there's almost like three different kinds of baptism. Mm -hmm. So there is believers baptism, which is when you yourself come to the knowledge and understanding that you are saved and that you are a child of God. And then someone you get into like a tub or a kind of like a designated area that's filled with water and you are put under water. And the pastor, before he puts you under the water, says, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then they baptize you, they put you underwater, and they bring you back up. And so uh, it's a symbol of the washing away of your sins is what it is. And then there's this baptism in the Holy Spirit, which Mm -hmm. is essentially just inviting the Holy Spirit into your heart and into your life and and allowing him the control over your spirit instead of your your flesh. Because your flesh is going to want to – your flesh wants control. But you – when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, you allow the Holy Spirit to have control. Uh, and then the other one would be pedobaptism or infant baptism, which is when a child is born, I believe it's a few weeks or like a month after they're born, the pastor has like a bowl or just some kind of like way they can get water on their hands and then they kind of like sprinkle it. And as they sprinkle the water on the baby's head, uh, he says, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and dedicate you to the Lord. So it's like a child dedication but they consider it baptism in some churches okay. and in some denominations. So in this episode, we're kind of going to get on the infant baptism side of things. Mm-hmm. And because we touched on baptism in the Holy Spirit last time and believers baptism. And we want you guys to have like a full round understanding, full well-rounded understanding of there are three different kinds of baptisms essentially. Okay. And neither one is better than the other. Holy Spirit, bapti- baptism in the Holy Spirit is pretty cool. I will say that. Personal opinion, pretty cool. Uh, and honestly would encourage you, if you have not, be baptized in the Holy Spirit because it's life-changing. Sure. Uh, and from personal belief, I believe in believer's baptism. Um, but to not stray away from it, it, we are not saying one is better than the other. We would like to establish that. <laughs> I would like to establish that. So uh, just a quick couple of facts or a fact of pedo or infant baptism it was first introduced in around the third century so uh in 160 to about 220 ad uh was a man by the name uh his he lived in africa he lived in africa it's an african church and he was father tertullian is his name and he was born in Carthage, studied in Rome for a legal career, and was converted to a Christianity in about ni- in 195 A.D. He was the first Christian theologian to write in Latin and, ex- and exerted significant influence through his apologetic works. So that's kind of like where it originated from, I guess. Okay. And it's kind of carried on from there. So different denominations believe in child baptism. So uh, one denomination that I know of, because I went to this church, is uh, Orthodox Presbyterian churches. They believe in infant baptism. 
and from what I have been told and from what my understanding is, is some churches believe it to be as like a uh, uh, a substitute or like circumcision. So, you know, how like when in Jewish culture, eight days after you're born, you're circumcised. And it's also like a child dedication thing, like mainly for the parents. Like I'm baptizing your child and you guys are dedicating your lot, not your entire life, but your life as a parent to teaching them and growing them in the knowledge of the Lord. So so as a question, just as someone who has not attended this particular church, it is not an infant dedication. It is just a replacement for an infant dedication, just so I'm, just so I'm clear. Yeah, pretty or, much. I see. Okay. So uh, I started going to that church. Ooh, I went there for a while. I think I started going in like 2011, mm-hmm. maybe, Okay. or 2000. And your parents still go? Yes, or they still go. They, still go? Uh, okay. they enjoy, they enjoy the pastor there. Or it might have been like 2014. I cannot remember. Okay. To be honest. Uh, and so that's like when uh, we started going, and because our old church was an hour away, mm, I and see. the original church we'd gone to was Reformed Baptist. Okay. So they believed, if you didn't know that, if you wouldn't know this, or kind of doesn't make it obvious, they believed in believers' baptism, uh, which is kind of like the main. Uh, baptism belief with Baptists. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> to me, it is, at least. If it's not funny to you, that's okay. Uh, but at this church, and I will not say its name, uh, if you would like to know, you can message us on Instagram, but uh, they they do do believers' baptisms. You just don't get submerged in water. Okay. And uh, But most babies, they don't require it. You don't have to do this. But most people that go there, and if they have a kid, they have their child baptized, or in my ki- in what I would say is dedicated. Um, and it's more for, to be honest, it's kind of like it's more for the parents. Oh, At I least see. now it is. Okay. It's more like you saying, okay, my child is being baptized. He and uh, he is like now part of this covenant of Christ, and uh, we are dedicating ourselves as parents to teaching them in the ways of the Lord, which is really cool, to be honest. But one of the problems, at least that I have personally with it, is they kind of, they describe it as like they are now part of the covenant of God, like God's forever covenant, which uh, is not true, I guess you could say. I, I don't actually really know how to explain that part. I don't know why that's a thing. And when they do baptize these babies, they read from, like, a little booklet, and it's just really interesting. Um, but not – okay, again, I want to, like, clear this up. I am not saying that this is wrong. That's what I'm saying. I just have personally a problem with it because, one, it's not found in the Bible. Like, the only time it's ever really found in the Bible, and you could specify, like, how old were they and whatnot, but when Paul – it had uh, the encounter with the jailer and the family got baptized, there may have may well have been children in the family. But I don't know about infants or anything, so, like, there's a case where you could, like, dispute it and whatnot. But in the Bible, there is no really story of a baby or an infant being baptized. And that's what causes your concern with That's this what idea. causes my concern because... Mm-hmm. Baptism is something that you do because the Bible says be saved, repent, and then be baptized. Right. It doesn't say be baptized after you're born. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, and I'm not saying like these children, like this church is like, okay, now that your baby is baptized, it's going to heaven. Right. Like that's not what they're saying, mm-hmm. but it's more like a sign of that they're a part of the covenant of God. I see. So, okay. um, which can be a little confusing. That sounds confusing. But mm-hmm. if you think about it, the church is not saying, okay, we're baptizing your son. They are now saved. That's not what they're saying. But it's a symbol of them being a part of the covenant of God. I see. So they view adult baptisms and infant baptisms differently. Yes, but they still do adult baptisms. They just don't submerge them underwater. Oh, they don't do the adult baptisms either. They just put it on their head. They just put the water on their head. Oh, okay. So have you experienced or been uh, pedo-baptized? Is that the right phrase? No. The only person in my family to... In my immediate family is my dad, and he was baptized oh. twice. Okay. He was baptized as an infant, and then when he came to know the Lord, he was baptized at the age of 18 or 19. So w- did he attend that same church, or was it no, a different church? he attended a different, a different church. I can't remember what the church was called, but at the time, at the church that they were going to, I believe it was a Netherlands Reformed Church, which is like the strictest church ever. Okay. Like, ladies have to wear hats— in skirts, uh, young men cannot wear shorts. Like they have a dress code to go to church, right? So, um, and not to bunny trail off of that, but like that's the kind of church that he went to, and they sure. believed in uh, infant baptism. Okay, so I believe he was baptized there, and then they went to, then they switched to a Baptist church. Mm-hmm. My dad did, and then when he turned eighteen, he was baptized there, along with my mom, was also was baptized around eighteen, nineteen. Right. Um. So it was just. That's kind of like the way I grew up too. Was like Reformed Baptist. That's what uh, our family believed. Sure. And uh, not my grandparents. I still don't think they do, hmm. but I could be very wrong. Okay. Um, and so like the way I grew up was Reformed Baptist, like believers baptism. My parents were like, "We're not going to baptize you as babies because you don't understand anything." Yeah. And that's okay. <laughs> like no one expects you to understand like Christ's salvation as a baby. Right. Um, you're like a newborn. Like you just came into the world. Give him a break. <laughs> like give him a give him a few years here, right. and then um, that makes sense. Yeah, but like also not saying that you can't come to know the Lord at five years old. Right. Like that's, I'm sure that's not unheard of. That's kind of the thing with this topic is like everyone is a little bit different, and so just trying to make blanket statements is not wise <laughs> for us to do that. But it yeah. would make more sense to say. It, it is a little bit more difficult to support it just because, as you clearly said, there is no really specific story in the Bible that says, yep, it's fine to do it. Yeah. It's just like it's as long as you up- approach it from this uh, it's a more symbolic mm-hmm. viewpoint that I think that, you know, that that's, yeah. that's you know, completely yeah. up to you. And, and that's po- totally fine. Yeah. And nowhere in the Bible does it say that you shouldn't baptize an infant. Right. Or sprinkle water on their heads. Sure. So nowhere in the Bible does it say you can't do that or mm-hmm. that it's wrong. Yeah. So, uh but then again, I could be caught in my words, and people could argue. Well, the Bible doesn't say you can't smoke marijuana, so it's like, oh yeah, but that's, that's very it true. also tells us not to be drunk or be influenced by things of this world, and that's one of the things of this world. Self control and yeah, yeah. self control, and mm-hmm. our bodies are a temple, and they're tr- to be treated as such. Yeah. So like that ties into that. So if you're gonna argue with me on that one, I've got proof to back you up on. Yeah. With that. Because the Bible doesn't have to be specific in certain things of areas. It's kind of just like, if you think about it, it's not very good. Mm-hmm. Okay? Sure. Like, marijuana, the only thing it does for you is make you feel weird. Mm-hmm. But then the rest, 
is like you're putting yourself in major danger if you go drive. You are killing off your brain cells, which has scientifically been proven to do, and you're just causing harm to your body. Right. You're inhaling stuff that just shouldn't be inside of your body. Yeah. So, uh, and it's uh, changing the way you think mm-hmm. in a bad way. Yeah. Uh, so it's just not good. But anyway, that's bunny trail again. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> but so personal belief again is believers baptism where you come to know the Lord and you are baptized and you are saved mm-hmm. when it's pedo baptist they just it's it's interesting how it all works and sometimes can be really confusing uh i would honestly like if you want to know more do some research sure on it and like okay so it originated from this and then like so what are now like the core beliefs behind it like what's the backup or like how do you how do you back all this up Mm-hmm. so on and so forth right so uh a lot of like a lot of it is catechism too mm-hmm. so they believe like or they like read the apostles creed sometimes which is really cool right actually i don't know if you've ever read it uh i have read the westminster okay. catechism and yeah. the apostles creed but i i will be very frank with yes. you it was several years ago and yeah. so i could not quote you any yeah, specifics neither, neither could i so um, yeah, i just want to be very clear on yeah, that. yeah the westminster catholic uh catech or not catholic the Westminster Catechism mm-hmm. uh, is one of the like their beliefs is like okay. they they don't base their beliefs off of that. All their beliefs are based off of biblical things that they have they themselves have found biblical. Uh-huh. So uh, and everyone's interpretation of the Bible is different. Yeah, no one has a perfect interpretation of it. Right. So like that's kind of where their beliefs come off of, and uh, mm-hmm. so yeah. So what I would like bottom line to like the whole thing is like. Infant baptism is kind of more like a symbolic baptism in a sense, even though baptism is a symbolic thing. It is a sacrament, but it's more of like a symbolic thing towards dedicating the child to the Lord and to the, and the parents dedicating their lives or their, their parenthood to growing their child in the church and in the faith and not necessarily as a symbol of this child's sins have been washed away. So it's kind of like a, a combination of two symbols of yes. I'm going to wash you clean and you know set you apart, but it's not called baby dedication. It's kind of a, a mixture of the two. I see. Yes. Okay. So that's kind of like the the basis of it. Okay, awesome. Well, I I wanted to definitely give Brian this opportunity to talk more than me because I've had very little to zero experience with this at all. Um, I, I've never been baptized. I don't believe anybody in my family has, uh, actually. And I don't, I don't think, according to my understanding, that anyone has uh, turned to a church that has done that, or I don't believe I know anyone who does that. So I was interested to talk to you tonight to kind of figure out more what, what exactly yeah. that is and what they believe. And I do know that different denominations of Christianity uh, in variations of that have different opinions on that. And so if you have different opinions, we would like to know from an insider's viewpoint, what do you believe? And, uh, you know, can you bat that up? And, and how do you bat that up? And why do you believe what you believe? Yeah. And we're not here to, like, condemn you, judge oh, you, yeah. or say, oh, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, or argue with you. We clearly are, we, we like, just are curious. Absolutely. We're, we're students. We'd curious. like to know. So, yeah, yeah we're, we're posing uh hope and also posing questions that's our one of our main things yeah. about this whole thing so and this is all like for me this is just all personal experience right this is nothing like i have 
strict knowledge based things on this and like facts and factual things. The, the I literally looked up when it became a thing. Like right. when did infant baptism become a thing? That's the only kind of like major research I did mm-hmm. because to be honest, I just wanted you to know, I just wanted to share what my experience has been and yeah. what I've experienced is it's more like a child dedication than it is a baptism, mm-hmm. even though there is a, a baptism portion to it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, it can get really confusing sometimes because it's hard for me, especially like now, like knowing and understanding the Lord and like having a relationship with him and like having a better understanding of scripture, finding a defense for like, I have a defense for believers baptism. Mm Mm-hmm. It says clearly in the Bible, like even Jesus commissions like his disciples, go therefore, make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Make disciples. But how yeah. are you going to make a disciple out of an infant? Right. And when in the Paul stories and Stephen, when he encounters a family and their whole family is baptized and like they were saved and then baptized, it wasn't born, baptized, and then saved. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's yeah. like a specific order how it goes. Right. So, uh, it's also interesting. I like this literally just came into my head. It nowhere in the Bible does it say that any of the disciples were baptized. Huh? They were just baptized in the Holy Spirit. Hmm. That's the only story in the Bible where it like would say that they were baptized. Yeah, you're right. I, I mean, unless I'm just really blanking on something, I, you're right. I can't think of a single time where it says that they were specifically baptized. Yeah. Huh, that's interesting. I, right, I don't think Jesus baptized them, or no? Yeah, who he just washed them? their feet, and he was baptized. Huh? Wow, that's interesting. <laughs> Isn't that I funny? Know, I, I literally just that thought of that. Wow, you're right. I I can't think of one unless we're just being crazy. But yeah, yeah I, you're right. I can't think of a single time where it says that they were baptized. Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, that's huh. really cool. Cool. Huh, that's funny. So, guys, thank you, like, for letting me rant on sure. about this a little bit. Yeah, it's interesting uh, for me to hear. Yeah. We are not done with the podcast, though. We still have a little bit of time left to go. That's right. A little bit of fun. A little bit of intelligence. (laughs) And a little bit of factual speaking. Speaking of uh, factual speaking, I believe it is time for Brian's Brain Bogglers. Brian's Brain Bogglers today is brought to you by... I'm just kidding. We can't have sponsors. You guys are silly goose. (laughs) You silly goose. You think you can, we can sponsor, we can be sponsored. Guys, we just started this. Ketchup was once sold as a medicine. It certainly makes me feel better. It must work. This condiment was prescribed and sold to people suffering with indigestion back in 1834. Really? Guys, if you are suffering with indigestion, go get yourself a big old bottle of Heinz ketchup. (laughs) None of that hunt stuff. Some guy back in the Civil War was like, I see all these here boys just laying out here on the ground battlefield with bullets in them. There's rocking like with holes all over them. Ah, by golly, I got myself a plan. Runs over to tomato patch, gonna stomp on some tomatoes, put them in a jar, and sell them to the general. Make myself a million dollars. Yahoo! And that was how ketchup was invented. According to me. Anyway, I just totally made that up. I have no idea where that came about. And now, as the music plays, Andrew yes. will 
Galus with his intellectual intelligence of these magnificent books he has read over the course of his life. Andrew, yes, take it away. Thank you for this unique and strange opportunity that I am rarely given. You're um, so very welcome. Yes. I only like to present to you today two books that I have ingested, enjoyed, pontificated, and have now decided are wonderful. The first one, if you are interested in a frightening, scary, intense, seat-gripping, sweat-pulsing read, read this following book. It is the book 23 Minutes in Hell by the author Bill Weiss. It is a true account. Uh, he has been a dedicated Christian and has served in various capacities, including uh, teaching and leading worship since 1970. He has appeared on several television and radio shows and is a very accomplished speaker. He's also a successful realtor. He's lived in, six, in uh, California over 30 years. The interesting thing is that this man experienced a true account of what hell looks like. It is very, very interesting. Um, it is powerful. It is poetic. He wrote this book very well. And uh, I have read the book multiple times, trying to find some reason to not believe him. I so far have not. I truly believe that this man experienced hell and was sent to describe it and to warn people of the dangers of it. Uh, it's, it's absolutely fascinating. Just I have no other way to describe it. It's absolutely fascinating. Uh, you can find it. It's printed by Charisma House Publishing. Uh, you can find it for literally a few dollars. It is a New York Times bestseller. So uh, as to my understanding, several million copies of this book. So it is a fascinating read. Uh, wow. He uses scripture to back his experiences. In fact, he included over 150 Bible verses referencing hell wow. within, the, within the book, and they all match his account perfectly. Wow. The second book that is a less intense read, but a very intellectual and what I find stirring read, and also very encouraging, the book is titled Becoming a Contagious Christian. It is written by two authors, by Bill Heifels and Mark Middleberg. Uh, this has sold over 500,000 copies. Uh, you can find this book written by and published by Willow Publishing House, the Zondervan, or Outreach, so it's very easy to find. It's just a few dollars. I actually read this book when I was taking several classes and becoming a pastor myself. Uh, it is very impactful and good for getting a clear reference point of where to start your ministry. Um, evangelism does not have to be frustrating or intimidating. We just need encouragement in a direction, and hopefully this book will give you such encouragement in direction. Wow, those sound like some, I mean, that 23 minutes in hell sounds like a trip. Ooh, absolutely. Wow, that is, like, intense, and, like, not to make fun of that, but that is crazy. He later in life actually met uh, one of the world's strongest man grand champions. Uh, his name is Magnus for Magnuson, and he's from Iceland. He's a seven-time world's strongest man, and uh, which is incredible in itself. And uh, after discussing with him what he experienced, Magnus became a Christian, mm. opened a gym in Iceland, and now runs a church slash gym in Iceland. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, very cool. Just as an interesting little side note. Lift some weights and listen to Jesus. <laughs> Let's go to Iceland. <laughs> Final announcement of yes. the podcast. This is important, so this, don't miss it. Yeah, pay attention. Turn your volume up. Stop what you're doing. Cancel everything. Pull, pull over. Stop cooking. Turn I need you to pay attention, okay? <laughs> if you're doing something important, it's not that important. I'm just kidding. It probably is important. <laughs> but we have done some brainstorming, some talking, some mm -hmm. configuring. Yes. And we figured 
we're not running this podcast all that great behind the scenes. Okay. And so now we're going to introduce seasons. So we're going to start off light, simple, and easy, and some things are going to change. We're going to make some changes. Okay. And they're going to be big, but they're going to be good changes. Yes. We're going to take a break mm-hmm. of recording. Right. And there will be a podcast out. We are working on that. We're going to work through one season, how it's going to all lay out. And we set kind of some ground rules. And yeah, we just, we needed to reconfigure. Our listenership is down. We really need your guys' help with this because we really are passionate about what we're doing. So you sharing and posting things on social media, like, hey, go check this out. Like, just sharing it in person which sure. is a great help to us. Absolutely. Much like the aloe plant that is our symbol, there are different seasons. There are different times where there's a growth period. And, the, you know, when we first began, it was exciting and full of life, and we were very excited. And then, you know, summer came, and some things ch- and some challenges occurred, and we had to learn some things, and we had to be humbled a little bit, yep. and uh, we had to kind of reestablish a direction. Because of this new growth that we're going to be going, hopefully you all would enjoy our episodes more. We'll have we will personally have opportunities to grow in our own faith in Christ, and that uh, we can also have more time to dedicate to a serious topic because we want to encourage you, but we can't encourage you unless we have time to dedicate to yeah. this. So we want to make sure that you all know that you're important to us and that we value what we're doing. And this is a this is a wonderful opportunity. This is not a right that we have. This is an opportunity, and we want to treat it with respect. And we also want to treat our you know you all who listen, uh, and, and let you know how much we appreciate that. So we're going to dedicate some serious time to uh, basically giving you the best podcast we possibly can give you. Yep. And so what it will be, so for season one, we're just going to give you the layout of what it's going to look like. Yes. There's going to be one episode, not one episode, but an episode for one week that is going to be 10, 15 minutes long. It's just going to be a fun, fun episode. Right. We're just going to have some fun with it. That's right. And then the next episode that get that gets posted the next week will be more of like a serious deep dive, mm-hmm. and it'll continue on, so on and so forth, until we reach 10 episodes, and then we will start a new season. Yes. So we're going to have topics for these seasons. We will announce the topic at the beginning of episode one as we kick it off. And we really hope you guys like the change because, one, it can be really draining if you if we're like just constantly like pouring out on this episode and like it just takes a lot out of you. Yeah. So when we lighten it up a little bit and we're able to like take some time, build some like good points and some good notes that we can use in our podcast then that helps us out a lot too and we can help you guys learn and we can even learn ourselves as well absolutely we want you to know that we appreciate this opportunity that we have and as i said earlier we are students and like tonight i learned some things about brian i had no idea about so i mean there's all kinds of opportunities that we all have to learn so we're learning just as much as you all are yep so thank you guys so much for listening to Allo for the soul it is experienced <laughs> Guys, we really appreciate the listens that we're getting. Yes. Don't forget to share, like, like comment, and subscribe. We will see you. Yes. Peace.